0: All right, welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creators. Today I'm here with Justin, aka Shot Alive. We're here in the Upper West Side, correct? East Side. It's like new territory to me, but welcome to the podcast. What's up? How's everyone doing? How did you get into photography how did you get into the kind of creative field uh what's kind of like your coming up story and you're only 19 that's crazy you've done so much already you're like i'm 27 i think you've already done more than i have but it's okay
1: thank you my father had a blackberry trio you remember those like blackberry trios they're like the they had like the stylist and everything so i started taking pictures like different things with his phone and that really like sparked my interest in photography then after a while it kind of died down and um I got into skateboarding. Me and all my friends would go skateboarding all over the city. And every time I'd see something cool, I'd take a picture with my phone right. and upload it to Instagram with like some like shitty filter or whatever. Right. So I went from using the iPhone and skateboarding all over the city finding cool locations for photos, right. uploading it to Instagram, and eventually I um, invested in my first camera which was a Nikon D3100. Nice. It's like 180 bucks. What
0: made you go Nikon?
1: Nikon it was just the cheapest one oh, they had so I got that from Adorama. From there, I just started exploring the city, linking up with dope creators and hitting rooftops, abandoned subway stations, all that kind of stuff. I started to pick up traction on Instagram,
0: started doing a couple like articles with Fox and Paper Magazine, stuff like that. Yeah. What's the the term for that again? I keep forgetting. Urbex. It. Urbex. I want to make sure I'm saying it right. So, so urbexing, I've met a few people that kind of do that now. I think that your work is absolutely incredible on, with that stuff. Um what made you want to do that like in in the first place did you see like a certain picture like was it somebody who like kind of inspired you like like how did that all start and then like what was that first experience like the first time you did some some like real real crazy shit
1: the first time i really got into urbex i didn't really see it anywhere i was just taking pictures with a friend and we were down taking the subway i saw one of the little slits open on the left side of the subway tunnel we just walked in and just started taking a bunch of pictures and They were really shitty, but they were cool at the time. Um, Then I started to realize a lot of other people were doing that. So I started connecting with a bunch of people, and we kind of formed, like, a group of 10 people in the city. It was like a little subculture of photographers and videographers, and we were just all exploring and who could push the limits the most.
0: So there's a lot of people out there who kind of want to do something similar to what you do or or, uh, they kind of, like, want to get into photography. They want to, you know... Do things like work alongside Gary Vee and do a lot of stuff and they're really, really hungry and they kind of like don't necessarily like know like how to start out and like where to get going. So can you kind of tell me about like your journey in that way and what do you think is the most important thing for people that are, you know, hungry and trying to make it? Uh, what's like the, the best mindset to be in? I think being hungry is the key. I think um,
1: you need to be able to eat and eat and eat and not get full. Some people can just have a quick success and be content with that i think you need to be able to succeed and keep being hungry and just yeah, wanting more
0: like caught up on like the one
1: i think when you accomplish something big another goal a bigger goal should come right after that right i don't think you should focus on that just let it go yeah. don't forget it but let it go
0: yeah definitely. Uh, so the purpose of this podcast is to bridge the gap between entry-level creative professionals and then then people that are kind of like the industry's best but I also want to shine some light on people like yourself who are kind of young and had some early successes and are kind of like on the come up so to speak Uh, so do you have any advice for people let's take it from like a practical place like let's say somebody wants to be like a photographer and they want to go out and do some like landscape stuff and maybe some portraits like how do you get involved how do you meet people like how did you network and because you've gone to some pretty significant places how do you go about doing that? just like the song it goes down in the dm um
1: <laughs> i think you just have to network on instagram instagram is definitely like a huge part of my success um the down arrow I yeah the down arrow. right <laughs> um just dm everybody um, you get a lot of
0: no's at first.
1: i wouldn't say no's, but some people just leave you on scene which is cool you know um but yeah just dm a bunch of creatives be like yo do you want to col- collaborate blah 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 um I think you just need to go out and explore and shoot. Sometimes it's best just to shoot alone. Like you don't even need to be with anybody. Right. Or just um, like
0: having your camera. I always say to people like, just have your camera with you.
1: Right. Yeah. Always have That's it with you. It, You'll yeah. never know who you run into, especially in New York city. Right. right, right. Get some cool portraits. Um, I think a huge part when you're starting out is to not compare yourself to others yeah. and be like, oh, my work's not as good as this person's because everyone's different. Everybody has their own unique perspective.
0: Let's talk about gear. And I think as photographers and videographers, it's really easy to get hung up on gear. Um, I know that I did. I had like a T3 for a while, and I like really felt like I was like an amateur with that. And, uh, and then I had my friend Ahmed Klink, who's a, a really well-known photographer here in New York. He said, you know, like, don't stop using that camera until like you break it. Because, like, you got to, like, learn and hone your craft. I'm really glad that I did. So when I upgraded, I was, like, ready. Um, and there's definitely, like, a better quality with good gear. But a lot of times, people use that gear as, like, a crutch. Do you think that that's true? And also, too, like, what are, what are your thoughts on, like, when you're starting out? What's maybe, like, a good camera to use? Because you got, like, now you got the Sony and all that different shit. But, like... When you first started out, like, what were you working with? And then, do you think that that, like, plays, uh, like, a factor?
1: Yeah, I, I do think people get caught up in gear. And, That's like an excuse, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and it's pretty shocking. I can take a $5,000 camera and you can give me a $100 camera, and I can almost produce the same results. Yeah. It really doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. When people blame their photos on their equipment, and they're just excuses.
0: Yeah. Um, or they put the ISO, like, all the way up because they don't want to learn manual photography. Right.
1: You can give someone the best camera, and they'll produce shitty results. Yeah. It um, has nothing to do with gear. Yes, you might get better quality, and the better cameras unlock different features and bells and whistles, but it really doesn't change the composition, lighting, all that kind of stuff. The first camera I got was a Nikon D3100. Um after that, I upgraded to the Nikon D3200, which was a little bit of an upgrade. Once I started making good, good enough money, I upgraded to the Sony A7S, which was primarily a video camera, but I was still using it for photography just because of its low-light capabilities. Yeah.
0: So, you know, get talking about, like, happiness and fulfillment and kind of, like, what to do in that oh-shit moment when you have this, this North Star, you have this place that you want to be, and then you get there and it's not what you expect it to be, right? It happens to me. It's happened to you probably. Um... But one of the things that I realized that's been kind of like comforting for me is like right now, for example, I was able to make run last month. I was able to do these things, but I'm not like balling out of control. And I definitely am in a place where I have no idea what my next move is. And for the like first like part of my journey, I would always like freak the fuck out. Like I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. I'm an imposter, this and that. Whereas now I kind of like uh, like double down on that. And I'm like, okay, like, well, I'm not working right now, but I could take meetings, I could DM, I can go out in New York and go on rooftops and shoot some shit, do some portraits. And I think it's, like, one of the things I want to get across to people that are kind of coming up is that, like, it's okay when you're freelancing, which is what we're both doing, uh, to to not have, like, work lined up back to back to back to back. And that when you are young, you kind of have to just take it as it comes and just meet people and just, know like, have great... Uh, kind of like expectancy about things. Like I've been like getting closer with you. I've been talking a lot like with Elliot. I've been talking a lot like with Seth and all these different people. Like, I don't know. That doesn't necessarily translate to anything, but it kind of does. And I feel like the more you do that, like the bigger your network gets, the more great things will happen. But just to know that like feeling sorry for yourself is not an option.
1: Yeah, I just think it's funny when people think their happiness is because of other people you are in total control of all of your emotions. When someone says something to you, you have the choice to react to it however you want. Right. All the feelings you have, love, anger, some of these feelings you can control and right. sometimes you forget, your ego, yeah. you forget that you're in control of most of these emotions and happiness is really a choice. Okay. When, when you take control over your mind and your brain, that's when you win. Yeah, for sure. You're in control of your body and your brain. Like if I were to tell you to think of a blue dinosaur, you could interpret that and say, "I'm gonna think of a orange rectangle." You're in complete control of your thoughts. Like it's just funny to think about, like, where inside of you is you? Like, who's in there controlling all of you? Because if you're not
0: controlling your thoughts, who is? Right. I had a conversation with this woman, Sai Wakeman, who I love, and she could explain it way better than I can. But she's uh, she basically explained to me that, like, in psychology and And, like, the way that, like, scientists interpret it, it's, like, you're not thinking, like, you're being thought. So, there's kind of, like, this theater that's playing out in your head before you even get to it. So, like, this self-doubt comes in before you even say, can I or can I not do that? That self-doubt is already there. And that's, like, meant to protect you. But if you just learn that, like, you're actually watching, like, in your mind's eye, there's something, like, playing out before you of, like, you know, like, your own, like, internal, like, no, can't do that. Can't do that. We'll get killed. Like, if you just override that, they are like, no. I make the decisions. I'm going to New York. I know that I don't know this kid. I'm a little bit nervous. I've never been to 72nd Street and just fucking go. Like, that's huge. I also think it's important
1: to stay in the present moment and not worry about the past and the future and just enjoy this moment. Don't think about tomorrow. Don't think about next week. Don't think about next month. You're here
0: now. Focus on what's important. To that point, I think that, like, I always look at my life. I kind of have this, like, weird... You ever, like, say things to yourself in your head not like like not like purposely like a mantra, but like it ends up becoming a mantra. I always have this thing in my head that like whenever something that, that like I thought was going to be really fucked up goes like perfectly fine and nothing happens, I always send myself in this annoying voice and I'm like, everything always ends up turning out just fine. And it does. If you look back at your life, like I'm 27, like if I look back at my life, like the times that shit hit the fan, like for real, for real, like, you know, like death in the family, like t- terrible thing, like moments like that, they're like fast and they're rare. For the most part, everything's
1: fucking fine. I think just even trying, even if you fail, that's great because it's such a great learning experience.
0: It's always like a silver lining in that, yeah.
1: Right, like if, if you fuck up, cool. You learn from that. Now keep moving. Try something else because eventually you'll hit your target.
0: Uh, so thank you so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate this. I've had some pretty ridiculous views in the history of Meet the Creatives. Uh, some that come to mind, Google Creative Lab, that's on top of Chelsea Market. Very, Have you been there? Yeah. Motherfucker. Uh, I'm trying to think where else. I met Kling's had a pretty cool rooftop, but this might be this might take the cake. So thank you for having me. Um, where can people find you online? Uh, I know obviously your Instagram is Shot Alive. That's the actual handle too, right? Yeah. Shot Alive. Amazing, amazing Instagram. Oh, one more for the road. Uh, Spider Man. Why Spider Man?
1: Funny story. I'm happy I remember that, it? Spider-Man is my favorite superhero of all time Like I grew up loving Spider-Man I always wanted to be Spider-Man yeah. and I kind of was like Peter Parker with photography and yeah, going yeah. go on all the rooftops and all that That's kind awesome. of stuff so when I met this actor slash model Trevor Bell he had a real replica of the Spider-Man suit and I was like yo we can get some sick shots of New York City with you in that suit we did it and it just blew up wait
0: those are real? I thought
1: that was CGI no that was a real costume
0: what? that was a replica of the movie costume yeah that's a real costume. Dude, I thought that was like CGI, like you copied and pasted that from the movie. That's fucking incredible. No, pe- pe- a lot of people thought it was Photoshopped. There was nothing Photoshopped in there. Even the web was like dental floss. Dude, respect You know what? Go at him on Instagram right now, shot alive. No shots, it's shot alive. Uh, and check out that Spider-Man thing, dude. That's fucking eight, respect. Man, I had no idea, like yeah. even on top of the car and shit. No,
1: oh, cool. We ended up paying the taxi driver like 15 bucks to let us
0: get on top of the taxi. there's a way all right dude this has been so awesome and uh thank you for doing this